0: Hello, welcome to the Highland Church Podcast. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm here again with Pastor Bob Gone. I feel like I'm up here all the time, but uh, I'll go quick because we got baptisms at the end of service as well. Um, This here is a picture of the beggar 293. This tiny little piece of equipment um, is used for mining, for clearing land when it needs to be moved. Here's some facts about this beauty. It weighs over 31 million pounds. The device itself weighs 31 million pounds. I think it was actually 31.3 million pounds. It's over 700 feet long. Yeah, that's big. 300 feet tall. It's as tall as a football field is long. It can remove up to 8.5 million cubic feet of earth per day. This thing gets the job done. If you can try to imagine the amount of human effort that would required, if you had a shovel to remove what this thing removes in one day. It would take you multiple lifetimes. There's no possible way you could do it. Even if you got you and 100 a, and a of your best buddies together, you couldn't do it in a lifetime, what this can do in a day. The power is greater than I can even imagine. And this thing has been around since the 1970s. This isn't new tech. This is something that's been around for quite a while. And uh, it just gets the job done. In a way that no human can. And what we're looking at today is exactly the same thing multiplied by infinity. It is the miraculous power of God that wants to work in our lives to accomplish things we could never accomplish in a lifetime of good works, in a lifetime of trying, in a lifetime of giving all we've got. God can do in an instant what no human can do in a lifetime. We've been going through our, our series this month talking about the 4Ms. Last first week, we talked about ministry. Last week, we talked about mercy. Today, we're talking about the miraculous. Next week, we'll talk about missions. But our big idea today is that we are prepared for the miraculous. We are prepared for the miraculous. God has set things up in your life for the miraculous to happen. And I know some of you are sitting here, you're like, I don't even believe in God. Well, you're in church today not believing in God. That's a miracle. (laughs) But God doesn't worry about if you believe in him or not. He still has miracles stored up for you. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to experience them all if you reject him, but it means that he's prepared. He's ready for it. He's got miracles on the docket for your life. And this word prepared, as I've mentioned every week, it has this already and not yet connotation. You are already prepared for the miraculous of God, but you are being prepared for the more miraculous of God, the more supernatural moving of God in your life in huge and tiny ways to accomplish his good plans and work in this world. The scripture we're going to use as our key verse for today is out of Romans 15-19. Open up your Bibles if you have them with you or unlock your phones and open the Bible app and open up to Romans 1519. We believe the Bible is the inspired word of God. It's alive, it's active. It's sharp and pierces right through to the heart of the matter. It doesn't beat around the bush, and it doesn't just go with the flow. It speaks the truth in love. So let's prepare our hearts to hear God's word. Lord, I ask as we look at your word today, it would be more than words on paper or words on a screen, but it would be the very living words of God spoken to our hearts to do what only you can do in us. Thank you for your word, Lord Jesus. Amen. By the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around Lyceum, I have been fulfilled, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. This is Paul writing about his work. Paul did a lot of stuff. He went through a lot of challenges. He faced a lot of difficulties. And he is mentioning that through signs and wonders, the power of the Spirit of God, he was able to see miracles happen. The will of God performed so the gospel of Christ could go forward. So our theme for 2024 is prepared. And I already mentioned those four M's. But just want to remind you, ask God what he is preparing you for, what he has prepared you for. As we talk about ministry, mercy, miraculous, and missions, one of those is going to jump out to you more than the others. And I just want to encourage you today, open your hearts, see if maybe this, the miraculous is the one that God is going to connect with you about this year. So first of all, we need to see that God initiates the impossible, God initiates the impossible. Miracles are God the Father's plan. And we have to kind of define what I mean by miraculous, you know? Because sometimes you look at a sunrise and you're like, that's just miraculous. Or a baby being born and you say, that's miraculous. And in one sense, those things are miraculous, but that's not the terminology that we're using here or that scripture means when it talks about signs and wonders and the miraculous. When we are talking about the miraculous today, we are talking about the superseding of the natural laws of the universe, okay? God had created it all. He set up all the rules, and when they work, they're amazing. I mean, your body can heal itself. You know, you get a cut, and a couple weeks later, it's gone. It's just amazing. Or the birth of a baby. That is unbelievable, and yet it happens billions of times, It's the way God has set up the world to work. The fact that we are orbiting around the sun, flying through the universe, and we are all still here and can breathe oxygen and can stand is amazing, but it's not the miraculous as we're talking about it today. What we're talking about is when God breaks through time and space and does things that are physically impossible. He is a God that initiates the impossible. He's the one that wants to do them. We don't have to convince God to do miracles. He's not like, well, if you go to church and give an extra offering and fast for a long time and are really miserable, maybe then I'll do a miracle. No, he's like, come on, people. I want to do the supernatural in your life. I want to do the miraculous in your life. I want to show you my presence and my goodness. And so we're going to talk about a little bit why that doesn't happen. If God initiates it and God desires it, how come we don't see it all the time? There's there's a few reasons. But his desire is for this to happen. It's so great that he's gone to extreme lengths to make it possible. For us to experience his miraculous. We read in Isaiah 53, 5, a a prophecy about Jesus Christ written in the Old Testament, fulfilled in Jesus. And it puts this in simple words uh, through the New Living Translation. It puts it like this, but he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. These are the things that Jesus Christ experienced, took on himself, so we could receive the miraculous out of it, our rebellion. When we rebelled against God, Jesus allowed himself to be pierced on the cross. When we sinned, when we went our way instead of God's way, and that's what sin is. It's anytime we miss the mark of God. Anytime you've missed perfection, which I don't know about you, but for me, that's a pretty regular occurrence, that's a sin. And God knew that we were imperfect people, so he allowed himself to be crushed for our sins so they could be washed away. He was beaten so that we could be whole. Jesus experienced horrendous beating on his way to the cross. It wasn't just the nails in his hands and feet. He was whipped by a cat and nine tails 39 times. He was beaten with a rod. He had a hood put over his head and was hit by soldiers who were trained in torture experienced that so that we could be made whole. And that word whole doesn't mean physical. It means emotionally whole. He experienced that physical abuse so he could heal your emotional abuse. And then he was whipped so we could be healed. He took those whips on his body. It says by his stripes, by those stripes put in his back by the whip, he purchased healing or or made healing possible for us. God loves you. And He wants you to know that. And He didn't spare any cost so that the supernatural could happen among us. But that isn't the end of itself. He doesn't want to do miracles just to show off, just always like, look how great I am. He wants to do miracles to make a way for us, to help convince us, to break down the barriers that get between us and God. He has wants to do all this so we can know him and be in relationship with him, so we don't keep God at an arm's length, but we can draw close to him. We see this in Acts 2.43, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. There's a sense of awe that comes when the miraculous happens. I look across this room and see individuals that have had miracles happen in their life. God has provided when they didn't know how they were going to feed their family. He's helped pay their bills when they didn't know how they were going to stay in their house. He healed their body when cancer was taking over. He brought relationship when they were alone and healing to mental and emotional diseases. That brings us to a point of awe. And again, this whole point is that God is prepared for the impossible. This verse reads that he has done this through the apostles. It wasn't the individuals who made it happen. It was the God of the universe who had prepared for it to happen. Sometimes we get in our mind, it's the person doing the miracle. And there's a lot of men throughout history, some women too, but it seems to normally be guys, those of us who have um, misused God for our own benefits, to impress people, to get money from people, to control people. People have misused the miraculous of God or even faked the miraculous of God for their own benefits, That doesn't stand very well with the Lord. We read in the New Testament, there was this man named Simon who wanted to purchase the power of the Holy Spirit to do miracles. And he was cursed. He was taken down. There's another man in the Old Testament who wanted to use the power of God to curse God's people. He ended up being cursed. In fact, his donkey tried to dissuade him from it. Uh, An angel showed up, knocked him around on his donkey. The donkey said, I can't go anymore. There's an angel in front of me. God will want to truly stop those individuals who misuse his mighty power for their own gain. God is the one who's prepared to do the impossible. Not us humans. It is not us that accomplish these things. It is the will and the timing and the power of God. So how does God deliver this? Number two, the Holy Spirit delivers the miraculous. The Holy Spirit is the delivery service of God. Now, I just want to take a moment to talk about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, because people get very confused about this because it is very confusing. But there's an easy way that I've found to understand this. God is the three-in-one. The term that theologians use is the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And the Bible tells us in Genesis that you and I are created in the image of God; that humankind was created in the image of God. And that doesn't necessarily mean God has arms and legs and hair and a beard. And because I know people who've been born without any of those things, and they're still created in the image of God. But there's a three-in-one nature to God, just like there's a three-in-one nature to humans. I have a mind that is a decision-making center that tells my body what to do. God the Father, let your will be done on earth. He is the decision-maker of the Trinity, of God himself. There's a physical body that I have that moves me around the world that can get hurt and can heal and, and will face death someday. Jesus the Son was manifest as the physical body of God himself, fully God and fully human. And he exists now in heaven at the right hand of God the Father. Though they are separate, they are still one, just as my mind and my body are separate, but still intricately woven together. And then the Spirit is the Spirit. Each of us has a spirit inside of us that God breathed into us, and the spirit of God is the spirit of God. That's who the Holy Spirit is. So the three in one, and if you were to separate my mind from my body, or my spirit from my mind, or any of those two get separated from the other one, I am no longer alive. I need all of those things together, and though God will not die, he is unified. The three-in-one is the life that has always existed and will always exist. So the Holy Spirit, when I say the Holy Spirit delivers and is the delivery service, that is the Spirit of God. His Spirit is with us today. If you felt something at church today, that was the Spirit of God. Jesus said, I have to ascend back to heaven so the Father can send the Spirit so my spirit can come and rest on you. So if you feel God, you hear God, you sense God's presence, that's the Holy Spirit. He's the comforter, the counselor. It's through his work that the miraculous happens. I want to read a couple of verses back to back here. Acts 4.31 says this. And when they had prayed, the place with, in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were Filled with the Holy Spirit, and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Romans 15:19, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way to Iconium, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. We see in these verses and all throughout the Bible that the Holy Spirit moves in supernatural ways. At the very beginning of of earthly time, the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep. So the Spirit of God has always been there. It's like we only see a certain amount of the world around us. You know, the supernatural is bigger than the natural. Uh, it's like the visual spectrum, which I think we've got an image of that. You see those bands of light from, well, Roy G. Biv. You know, we, we memorized it that way. Uh, those, the violet through the, the red, that's what we can see with our physical eyes. And some of you are colorblind, so you can't even see all of that. But the optimal human eye can see that spectrum of light. But you can see if you zoom out... It's this tiny little band in the full electromagnetic spectrum of light. Light is way bigger than what we can see. We are all vision-impaired human beings because it extends multiple times to the left and right from what we can see, longer and shorter wavelengths than the human eye can imagine. And yet, for some reason, we've decided what we can see is what's real. But there's so much more out there than what we can see. Or or those of us who've decided, well, what I can see, taste, touch, feel, and smell is, and hear, is what's real. But anything beyond that is not real. And I would just suggest to you, we are looking through a pinhole at reality. That the reality of God, the moving of the Spirit, is so much bigger than what any of us can experience in our physical bodies. And for us to assume that God can't move beyond what we can see... Or that we somehow can develop a a test to prove God exists when he's bigger than we can experience. We're basically saying, no, I am the ultimate judge of the universe. And the Holy Spirit's saying there, hey, would you be willing to let me give it a shot? Would you be, since you can just see this little, would you let me decide to move? Would you allow me to influence your life? Would you allow me to steer this thing a little bit? How about if I gave you some gifts? that you don't even know about? How about I expand your abilities to go beyond your limitations so you can love people better, you can serve God better, you can make this world more like heaven than it is right now, that you can find greater peace and wisdom and guidance in your life than your pinhole allows you to understand. 1 Corinthians 12, 7-11 lists some of the gifts that the Holy Spirit wants to give us. Some of those things that are beyond our abilities. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given, through the Spirit, the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gift of healing by the one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one as he determines. Now, there's over 24 different gifts listed in scripture, gifts of the spirit, gifts that the Holy Spirit says, hey, you need this, because God's called you to do something that's bigger than you. God wants you on his team, but you need a little help. So let me give you this gift that you can use this for the kingdom of God. You can use this to bless your neighbor, your family, your workplace, your business. Here's a list of the the different ones listed here, the nine different ones. Wisdom, knowledge, faith. Faith as a gift from the Spirit is the ability to believe for something that, that you shouldn't be able to believe for. You're just like, no, I know God's going to do it. I don't have any doubt. He'll give you that gift of faith. Then things like healing. God heals today. God heals miraculously today. And here's the thing, he doesn't do it every time. Because there are times he gives us the grace to walk in the pain, or he uses that pain or sickness to accomplish something that couldn't happen any other way. Uh, I'm getting old. I had to get a crown on my tooth this week and it was horrible they numbed me all up and <laughs> you know saliva's dripping down if you want to try to look cool don't go to the dentist. But then I'll tell you what, you will look way less cool by the time you're my age if you've never gone to the dentist. But I got saliva dripping down my face. My beard is just saturated. It's gross. They numb me up so bad. By the time they were done drilling, I was feeling every drill bit just shooting through the... She's like, if you can feel this, let me know. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. Okay, well, just a little bit more. Do you feel that? Uh Uh-huh. Okay, well, you shouldn't. But But I do, and it hurts, and ramming stuff down my gums. She did a great job, but I've always resisted Novocaine. I've always felt it whenever they drilled in my mouth. Why do I do that? Why would I walk through that pain? Because I need something done in my life that can't be done any other way. If I didn't go in and face that pain, I would have a chipped, rotting tooth in my mouth. I cannot live with that. It'll get infected, and it'll wreck me but I'll face the pain to get to the health. And I'm not saying this is always the case, but there are times God allows us to walk through pain to strengthen us, to get us ready for the future he has for us. Now, not every time. Please don't grab this and run with it and tell everyone who's sick, God's doing a good work in your life. No, first pray for them to be healed, okay? Always pray for healing first, We see Paul did that three times and God didn't heal and then God gave him the grace to walk with that thorn in his side. Miraculous powers. Miraculous powers is the power to do and act. The word there is dunamis. It's where we get our term dynamite. God wants to blow up some things in our lives that I've been stuck. Got anything you're stuck in today? Got any habits you cannot break, any addictions that hold on, any invasive, persistent thoughts you can't escape, God wants to miraculous come to that, blow it up to set you free to move forward. Miraculous work that restores and frees us from things that have trapped us. Prophecy. Prophecy doesn't just mean like, I'm telling the future, next week at this time, there's going to be a return of the Lord on the earth. No, 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 no. It means, in the New Testament, prophecy is the inspired word of God to speak truth to people in a way they can understand it that you couldn't know any other way. And I've had people do this to me where they've prayed words over me, they've prayed for me, and they don't even know what I'm going through, and it's like every word is exactly what I needed to hear. Once in a while there'll be some foretelling, but typically prophecy is about encouraging and building up the church, not doomsday, the end is near. That's not New Testament Holy Spirit prophecy. That's Old Testament judgment of God revealing our sickness and our brokenness prophecy. Then there's discernment. Have you ever been in a situation and just known something isn't right, but you had no physical way of knowing that? That's what discernment is. Being able to tell truth from a lie, what's right from what's wrong. It's a supernatural sense from God that he wants to give to believers to be able to determine, is this from God or is this not from God? Is this trustworthy or not trustworthy? Pray for this gift. Ask God to give you this gift. There's so much deception that's come upon the church in the last 10 years. It is crazy. People are believing goofball things that are not biblical and believing and following people that teach things that are not biblical. And they're like, it's true. I saw it on YouTube. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, help them and help me have grace for them. (laughs) Ask for the gift of discernment. God's people should be the wisest, most discerning people on the planet, not the most gullible, foolhardy people on the planet. We need that gift. The next one is one that people get uncomfortable. Usually they're pretty good with all these, but then tongues, they're like, what? That's weird. You speak in a different language that you didn't learn, that God taught you? Yeah, I also speak in a language that I learned from my mom and dad, who are just physical people, but they taught me to speak it. So yeah, God could give me a supernatural language, Basically, what, what we see, we see that in Scripture a bunch of times. And tongues is available. It encourages you. It helps you pray for stuff when you don't have words to pray for them. The Bible says the tongue is the most difficult thing in the world to control. Amen. You ever say something and you're like, shoot, where's the rewind button on life? How do I get that back out of the world? Or you leave a situation and then you come up with the perfect thing to say. You're like, oh, why didn't I share this with them? Or if I would have just said it that way, it would have made sense. Yeah, our tongues are dangerous things. Why wouldn't God give us a way to pray that's perfect? And then interpretation of tongues, that he will sometimes, if someone is to speak out in tongues in a public setting, there should be someone there who can share in the language of that group what it is that God is saying. Because Paul was complaining that people are just speaking in tongues all the time and nobody understands anything. That maybe it should happen two or maybe three times, but there always needs to be someone who says, this is what God's saying through that. So these two are things that God uses um, and are beautiful and normal. But also supernatural. These are just nine of the gifts, the supernatural gifts. Now, I just want to share this before we wrap up with our third point. That verse that we read that listed all these said, Now to each one is the manifestation of the Spirit given for the common good. The point of all these are not to be impressive spiritual people that show off our gifts. Yeah, well, I have the gift of tongues. Listen, boom. I have the gift of prophecy and I'm going to speak this into your life. I am a prophet of God. No. It's about building others up, that we become less and others are built up through these gifts, that you use them to bless people, that power is given not for your own benefit but for the benefit of others. Finally, our faith matters. Faith is the proof or a confidence in the persuasion of your heart. Faith is believing the truth. We have a number of people getting baptized today. That is an act of faith. That's an outward sign of the inward faith they have. So much so, they're willing to get dunked in front of a group of people to say, I am a follower of Christ. And in fact, those of you getting baptized this morning, you can be excused to get ready for that. We'll be doing that in just a few minutes. But God is at work. God is a craftsman. And he needs something to work with. I guess he doesn't need anything, but he likes to include us in his process. And faith is the matter that God uses. That's why faith matters, because it's important, but it's also the matter of God. I'm a dad, kind of a dumb dad analogy, but I also really like it. Hebrews 11.1 in the New King James Version puts it like this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's that substance of God. When we give our faith to God, he has something to work with to do the supernatural. And the best analogy I could come up with was Plato. Faith is like Plato. Faith is the substance we give to God when we say, Lord, I ask for you to do this. I trust for you to do this. And the God of the universe takes our faith and much better than I ever can, he forms into being what we need. Uh, He gives uh, us the opportunity to be a part. There we go. That's a pretty weak person. Oh, yeah. There we go. (laughs) Sorry. But we give him our faith. We give him the matter of our faith, and he uses it. It's the substance of things hoped for. And faith doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be impressive. It doesn't have to be Revolutionary, it just has to be. The Bible tells us faith like a mustard seed. A couple things about a mustard seed, it's tiny. If you've ever seen a mustard seed, it's just this tiny little ball. But the other thing about a mustard seed is it produces life and it grows. God's looking for just a little bit of faith that you will allow Him to grow in your life. That you're not like, Yeah, I prayed a prayer 20 years ago where I went to confirmation and we're good, and your faith is that mustard seed that you left in your past but that you nurture your faith. You're here today because you're nurturing your faith. Read the Bible. Pray. Ask God to move supernaturally in your life. Nurture your faith. It's faith as a mustard seed, so small but able to grow, able to produce fruit, able to inspire others to have faith. But where do we place our faith? Acts 3.16, our last verse for the day, tells us this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man who you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. So faith isn't placed in your prayer. Faith isn't placed in your church. Faith isn't placed in your pastor. Faith isn't placed in your religious practices. Faith isn't placed in your nation. Faith isn't placed in your abilities or your understanding or your own faith. I've wrestled where I've put faith in my own faith. Faith is placed in Jesus. That's where we put our faith. It's by Jesus' name that the miraculous happens. By Jesus' grace that the miraculous happens. Not by your ability to pray the right words and say the spell and anoint with oil the perfect way. No, it's Jesus. Not faith in prayer. Not faith in behavior. Not faith in faith. Faith in the miracle worker. Faith in Jesus. So the beautiful work of the Trinity is on display when the miraculous happens. The Father wants to do the miraculous. He's doing it, planning ahead of all of us. The Holy Spirit delivers it. It's through the power and the gifts of the Spirit that the miraculous happens. And then it's Jesus that we place our faith in to see the miraculous happen man, we could do a whole year-long series about the miraculous because there's a lot here. And we're going to have opportunities in the future for us to experience the miraculous of God. But for today, this is where we need to wrap it up. We need to land the plane. But I want to encourage you to be prepared for the miraculous. Be prepared this year. Look for opportunities to pray for the supernatural to happen. Maybe ask God to expand your faith to believe, to see a little bit beyond that pinhole that we all look through, to see the supernatural happen. God loves you and wants to include you in his supernatural work. So as we wrap it up here and move towards our baptisms, the one thing I just want to say is this all starts with a relationship with Jesus. And if you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to be the leader of your life, you've never trusted him to be for the, the forgiver of your shortcomings, your missing the mark, your sin, I'm just going to pray a simple prayer that we say, Lord, I repent of my sin. I turn away from my sin and I turn to you. I ask that you forgive me and lead me. If you want to do that, pray that in your heart as I pray it out loud. Lord Jesus, I ask that you'd forgive me for everything I've done wrong. Every time I've missed your mark of perfection, I pray you'd wipe that away. Thank you for dying on the cross to make that possible. I turn away from my sinful living. Even those things I don't know any way how I'm going to overcome, I turn from those and turn to you and ask for your grace on my life to lead me in your way to be my God and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me every gift you have stored up for me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Now, God, I pray for each one of us that we will experience and expect the supernatural to show up in our lives as you partner with us to bless this world, to touch this world, to heal this world for your glory. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening, and please join us each Sunday at 10 a.m. for our worship service.